Welcome in the Side Bet Podcast, Thursday, January 11th. 14 NFL teams, playoff bound, every offense. Very pleased they won't have to deal with a uh, Bill Belichick schemed defense. Belichick in the past split after 24 years today. Uh, will this crew make it 24 episodes? We'll see. Andy Gaffer, Jonathan Kinchin is here, as is Jovanina Kinchin. She'll she'll keep us together. Producer Terrence Thiege, I'm Lafitte Pinkai. Uh, Jonathan, so much to get to. Uh, let's let's get right into it. Start big picture. The road to Vegas, NFL playoffs. What is the market telling us? Who's going to be there? Yeah, I mean, look, the market's suggesting that it's a foregone conclusion between the 49ers and the Ravens. And and although they have been the, the best teams throughout the year, uh, they have been the most consistent. Uh, they do check all the boxes of what a Super Bowl contending team looks like. Those two teams don't make me warm and fuzzy as teams that, you know, we, we've seen before as favorites at this point when the playoffs start. So uh, my feeling is that one of them will make it, but I feel like one of them will stub their toe. They're just not uh, the, these overwhelming types for me. And just looking at the prices now, I think the Lions at like plus 2,200 seems interesting. I kind of teased that a little bit last week. I think the Lions are the type of team that can show up and beat anyone. I think they can lose to anyone too. But I think in this situation, you want to try to find someone that presents a little bit of value. Uh, the 49ers and the Ravens at plus 200 and, and plus 320 don't really do that for me. Ravens, Niners, we've seen them in a Super Bowl before, a Super Bowl in Las Vegas. What could possibly go wrong? Uh, gee, but here's like here's the thing. Playoffs, everyone has to up their game, right? Like more eyeballs, more tweeting, uh, more posting. For the players, like just walking around with your new girlfriend, Taylor Swift, like ain't going to cut it anymore. No, for sure. You know, thinking about all of like everyone tuning in, I think that the NFL really wants the Chiefs to make it to the Super Bowl because they get that many more Swifties on board. Like do Swifties, will they watch the Super Bowl if Taylor Swift isn't going to be in the audience? I don't, I feel like they aren't. But I also think that Taylor Swift and Usher are really two different genres. So they might not even watch it for Usher. I'm watching the Super Bowl for Usher's abs. <laughs> uh, JK. I don't, I don't know what's wrong with my abs. What's, why can't we just go? My abs aren't enough? Yeah, his the abs aren't is, enough. The difference is, honey, is that while we're watching Usher's abs, you're going to be eating like cheeseburgers and wings and probably, I don't know, maybe three bottles of Prosecco deep with Aperol spritzes. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> Usher, Jalen Hurts. I, I'm. This is so good. I'm learning like all of Jonathan's weak spots, and like remember, like the entire country got flashed watching the Sugar Bowl. Like, like who knows what we're going to see on this road to road to Las Vegas in the Super Bowl, Terrence? Hey, you produce live television. Uh, no nudity on any of your shows that I can remember from a TV perspective. Like, what do you think is the most gripping storyline? Uh, well, first, we did almost have a, a jocks room nudity shot one time at Oakland, but we'll, we'll, we'll steer clear of that conversation. Um, there's no shortage of storylines, as you guys know, throughout this, and we'll touch on each of them as we go through each of these NFL playoff games. Uh, but to me, the one I'm most interested in is that Matt Stafford, Jared Goff head-to-head -head matchup. 
two quarterbacks that were traded for each other. Uh, it's rare we see that on a big stage, and they're going head-to-head. Uh, the Rams have already kind of considered that trade a win because they've got a Super Bowl after that trade with Stafford. Uh, the Lions still with much to prove, and if they can win this game with Jared Goff, they can kind of claim, hey, we won that trade also as a win for both teams. Cannot wait to see that that Lions and Rams matchup. Yeah, the, the storylines, uh, the narratives, the subplots, so much to look forward to. The NFL playoffs begin on uh, Saturday. So, like, how did we get here, right? 18 weeks of football regular season, 544 games, Jonathan. And in the end, game 544 really mattered. You and Terrence were right on last week's episode. The Bills handling their business in Miami, like literally sending the Dolphins to the bitter cold. Yeah, look, I mean, we talked about the Dolphins injuries uh, and they've, they've, they've had quite a few of them on defense and it, it just kind of, they just they just can't seem to really get over the hump. They've they've been feasting on the bad teams and the good teams have been giving them problems and and um, they're explosive and explosive offenses are always going to have chances in these games if they can show up and pop a couple of runs and, and Tyreek can shake loose or uh, a chain or Mostert or, or Jalen Waddle they can all kind of they can all change a game quickly. But man, the, the, they've just been a little bit inconsistent for my liking. And as much as I I think they're an interesting team to watch, they're going to have to get it together if they want to try to make a run for the Super Bowl. G for Tyreek Hill, ultimate revenge game, part two. What's, what's, what's going on? What's going on with him? It always seems like there's something on the field and off the field. And then a lot of McDonald's in between. Well, to Jonathan's point, he was, he was shaking clean. Was that the, was that the word you used? Shaking clean? Shaking clean. What did you just say, Tyreek? Shaking Shaking clean? loose? Shaking loose. <laughs> Shaking clean. Good. Uh, uh, Tyreek Hill was shaking loose. Shaking loose. I got it. Yeah. Was shaking loose against the Bills, but he had a few drops. I just feel like he definitely is. And I mean, who is 100% healthy at this point, really, of the NFL? But like, I feel like he's hurting. He had that ankle. Uh, he didn't have a big game, the game he was looking forward to against the Chiefs when they first met, week nine in, in uh, Germany. Um, so, so that's one narrative to follow. We'll get to those matchups shortly. Uh, Miami, Kansas City, Saturday night. Pittsburgh slides in at Buffalo Sunday morning, which leads us to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jonathan, arguably the biggest disappointment of the 23 season, like a monumental collapse culminating with the last loss to Tennessee on Sunday with like, I don't know, everything on the line. Yeah. Urban Myers uh, smiling somewhere. Um, <laughs> which, yeah. Look, I, which bothers me. Yeah. They were, look, they, they were, they were pretty highly ranked throughout the year on, on a lot of the numbers I like to look at. I thought they were a good football team, but they just, they just didn't play very well. They didn't tackle. They were horrible tackling um against Derrick Henry and the Titans uh last weekend and it's it's just tough to be in a position where there's a lot of teams in the NFL that that woke up on Sunday uh needing to do something and then needing other things to happen for them to be able to get into the playoffs and the Jaguars controlled their own destiny and they laid an egg um they didn't play very well I know a lot of people will focus on that that uh, fourth and goal play from from Trevor Lawrence where he supposedly changed the play to that quarterback sneak that was mm-hmm. literally inches Sure. Uh, a lot of people will look to that as being like one of the turning points, but uh, I can think about 10 other situations where the Titans 
uh, just really kind of stuck it to the Jags. And um, it's teams like that that don't necessarily deserve to be in the playoffs. It's just, just very inconsistent, uh, and in my opinion, underachievers when it's all said and done. Gee, he, he called his own number. He didn't quite get there, but looked damn good trying. That flowy hair, someone should have pulled pulled his hair to get across that goal line. <laughs> it's, well, so if you got the brotherly shove in Philadelphia, if you can shove a dude over the goal line, why can't you draw, grab him by his like Rapunzel locks and yank him over the for a score? Rapunzel <laughs> locks. Wow, that was a good one. It's a good name for a horse. <laughs> The Jags, yeah, eight and three start, one and five finish, missed the playoffs. Very disappointing on one of the teams. Really looked like they were trending in the right direction uh, last season. Finally, our favorite topic on the show, the Philadelphia Eagles. Speaking of collapsing teams, the defending NFC champs dropped five of their last six, Jonathan, including this ugly loss to the Giants Sunday, as you rightfully predicted. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those deals where, you know, there's an inconsistency from Jalen Hurts and from the offense that I think has been evident throughout the year. But I will say this about the Eagles and not trying to sit on the fence here, but I've obviously not been a huge fan of of, of them this year. But, you know, they are professionals. They are a well-coached team. And a lot of times what happens in this four or five game you know, kind of poor efforts that they've had, you do have teaching moments and opportunities to kind of make some adjustments strategically and, and, and personnel wise and figure out what things aren't working and are working. And the other thing too, is that the teams that they're going to be playing against are going to watch some of the failures they've had over the four or five weeks and try to exploit those things. But keep in mind, these are things that they've probably been working on getting corrected. They get mm-hmm. the right matchup. They can beat teams along the way. Do I think that they're going to be hoisting the trophy uh, the Lombardi Trophy uh, in February? No, I don't think so. But I, I don't think it's as easy as it might seem on paper to dismiss their chances in these playoffs based on how they've been playing. Yeah, you and I will will forever disagree on Jalen Hurts. I think we just look at him from two different perspectives, and that's that that's fine. Uh, where we where we agree, um, I think for me anyhow, the the Eagles feel broken heading into the playoffs. We'll get into their matchup Monday night with Tampa a little bit later on, G. But uh, you know what? I'm, I am disappointed the Bengals aren't playoff bound with Jake Browning under center. His girlfriend, Stephanie, like what would she have worn to a playoff game after showing up last week in like this glued on onesie? Oh, oh no. So... <laughs> I'm all for taking a risk. I really am. I love risk takers, but that was a lot. I don't know. The way that I would do it is I would have fully made it into a cat suit for a Bengal. Like where it looks like maybe you're skiing. That would have made sense. Are you skiing? Was it an alien alien costume transformed into this? And the other thing is, is like, that was cut like that's custom. Like she put the number on the chest. She put a few of like the spots down the sleeves with a few stars. I mean, that was a conscious choice. And then the fuzzy bucket hat. It's just so overplayed. It's just overplayed. But, you know, She's good like, for her. I'm, I don't know when I'll be back here again. Like I'm making a statement. 
Food, I, water. She is just a girlfriend. <laughs> she is just a girlfriend. He's, he's going to lock that down. Food, water, air, attention. What we need to survive in 2024. Let's get right to it. Super wild card weekend begins Saturday, 4.30 Eastern. Uh, Cleveland at Houston. Browns favored by two and a half on the road. Total 44 and a half. Jonathan, all about the quarterbacks. C.J. Stroud, rookie sensation. Seven years old when Joe Flacco made his NFL debut on Saturday, they'll meet in a wild card game. Yeah, that it's that's that's pretty crazy uh, spread there between the ages of those two. You know, the Browns all year have been really good on defense, and uh, there's that old saying that defense wins championships. But as I've watched this NFL uh, this year, and, and even last year, and and in the year before that, it's really transitioning into a league with the rules and a lot of the things that happen that it really does play to the favor of the offense uh, with protecting the quarterback with uh, the, 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 all the downfield rules. I mean, I see a holding or an illegal contact down the field at least twice a game that I find to be complete BS. And I, I think that there is a tendency to lean towards defenses, but if I can get a team that I think excels on offense and they're at home and I'm getting points, it's too hard to pass up. I, I think the Browns is very attractive because you think they're the better football team, but they do still have someone who's my age playing quarterback. And I think that could be a little bit of a concern. Um, I'm going to lean on the Texans here uh, at home with youth. That Texans O-line v the Cleveland defensive line. Uh, I expect Brett Stroud to be under heavy, heavy pressure and duress. I, I liked your notes. In the notes, Gene, just CJ Stroud is my friend. Why? <laughs> um, I went to his Twitter and just kind of was perusing his Twitter. And he, I like him because he's very much so for prison reform. <laughs> so I think Good his enough. dad's in jail. I think his father's yes. in jail for like a petty crime. And he does, he's like an advocate for prison reform. So I just felt like that was cool. He's, he had, listen, he, he's, he, CJ Stroud, 22 years old, like good decision maker. Like I was not a good decision maker at, at 22, G. What were you doing oh at 22? Like what is the most asinine thing you did in your early 20s? Cover your ears, Jonathan. I was running all over Alphabet City in New York City. I don't know. My brother, Ronnie, like basically had to call the cops on my best friend, Katie, and I because we were literally taking our shoes off and throwing them at people because we were so drunk. And Ronnie's <laughs> like, I'm not dealing with this shit. I'm calling the cops. <laughs> we need to have Katie on one of these episodes. She's becoming like a regular without being a regular. <laughs> yep. yep. J JK in your early 20s. Oh like what's on gosh. what's what's on the what's on the rap sheet? This was a tough one. It, it led it led to me to talk about prison reform. It led to JK reform the next morning. <laughs> I uh, Sixth Street, uh, you know, drunk afterwards. Friends in town, you know. One of my friends almost gets into it with someone. I slap the guy. Nothing happens. Five minutes later, him and his friends catch up to me. And they and, and he he I got hit in the face so hard. Not, I didn't. It was a blind. It was a blind shot. Split my lip in half. Ended up spending like eight hours in the hospital trying to get stitches. One of my Man. friends got arrested trying to break up the whole thing. It was a it was a rough night in realizing that it was time to grow up a little bit. So 
I just hope CJ makes better decisions than I did that night. Fascinating alcohol involved in every one of these tales. Terrence, <laughs> what, what, for, for you, what were you like, like 10 minutes late to a college course or something in your wild early twenties? <laughs> I never missed class. I never did that, but uh, we did have, uh, I went to Ohio university in Athens and, uh, we had a quite a Halloween party. So when I was 22, the Halloween party, getting dressed up, walking down Court Street, uh, Athens on the uh, on the red bricks. It's uh, it's kind of funny to watch a lot of the girls get all dressed up for Halloween, wearing inappropriate clothes and some stiletto high heels and trying to walk on a uneven brick road down Court Street. It always makes for a good evening. College days and, and, and Halloween hand hand in hand and the greatest people watching in the world. I was ballsy funny. enough. Go ahead. It's funny. He said inappropriate outfits. That's because he's got a daughter. Yeah. I bet you he didn't think they were inappropriate back yeah. then. That's true. <laughs> and my wife <laughs> listens to this episode. <laughs> I was ballsy enough. Uh, this is off the beaten path. I like. I told my old man uh, he should retire when I was Whoa. 20. So charismatic wins the 99 Derby. Dad had an opportunity to ride charismatic in the 99 Derby. I was pissed and he says to me on the phone that night he's like oh that you know that's that's fine doesn't bother me maybe maybe i write indifferent i said dad if you don't care that you just coughed up the derby winner like you should retire that didn't go over well <laughs> mm. thankfully i was in new york on the phone and he was in la but yeah that didn't that didn't go over well <laughs> <laughs> not smart on oh my, my God. behalf. So that's what we were doing in our early 20s. CJ Stroud, he's trying to advance to the divisional 20, uh, divisional playoff um, in his early 20s. The fact is, historically, rookie quarterbacks in these situations have struggled. Uh, Terrence, uh, Joe Flacco, my God, what a story in himself and how good he has looked. And, and he's what? He just turned 39 or something a couple of days ago. Is that right? He turns 39 this upcoming Tuesday. So he's 38. He'll be th if they win this playoff game, he'll be 39 next week. And how well he's been playing. Uh, yeah. So a, a great storyline amongst many in, in these playoff games with Flacco and Stroud going head to head. That's the first game, a super wild card uh, weekend. And then Saturday night, exclusively on Peacock, uh, Miami, Kansas City, Chiefs favored by four and a half. 44 and a half is the total, and it's going to be really, really cold. Gee, I, I don't know. I'm you know, trying segue here. I don't know that it was that cold because you can't discuss the Chiefs without Taylor Swift, as we've already done. But what do you think about the joke at the Golden Globes regarding Taylor uh, Swift? You know, Joe Coy... He had some that were okay. I mean, he even felt that his jokes weren't that great because he kept saying other people were writing them for him. He sold out the writers. I hate her reaction to it with just like sitting there like stoic <laughs> shipping, sh shipping, <laughs> sipping champagne. Like, I don't know. Just like laugh at it. Like this is, this is a new you. This is like a new thing. And you are shown, unless that's a point of contention in their relationship, you never know. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I, no, I, she, it's funny. We didn't, we haven't she's discussed not my favorite. this. Um, yeah, we have that. We didn't talk about it. We didn't watch it together, obviously, all of us. Uh, I didn't think the joke was that bad. Yeah, but I mean, I didn't think it was that aggressive. Taylor going straight for the champagne. 
Um, yeah, I didn't think it was that bad or really all that funny, but a lot was was made of it. Jonathan, um, if Travis Kelsey has a blind spot for Taylor Swift and I have a blind spot for Jalen Hurts, I think it's safe to say you have a blind spot for Patrick Mahomes, my friend, along with G. Patrick and G. Yeah, I mean, I, I, look, I, I think he's talented. Um, I think he does. A, I think he's uh, he, he's he's one of those guys that can improvise, but kind of still stays. He, he can be reckless, but he stays within the confines of the offense to a certain extent. You know, Tony Romo would go off script and do some really bonehead things. You know, and as tra- traditionally, Patrick hasn't done that. Now he hasn't had the best year, but it, it's just one of those deals. I'm just not going to play against Patrick Mahomes at home. As much as I'm interested in the Dolphins, as much as I like watching the Dolphins, um, I just can't. I, I, I can't. And, I, and, I, and I'd like to think that if he did not play last week, um, it wasn't necessarily a buy. But I can assure you that, that Patrick Mahomes' film study for the last 14 days mm-hmm. has been including the Dolphins. They, they knew the math on who they were likely to play. And I would imagine that they started to evaluate the game that they played and see where they had successes in certain matchups, certain defensive looks, um, understanding how they line up to certain things. And and he, he, he to me, he's going to play like a – and him and Andy Reid both are going to perform as that kind of off of a bye look. And and I just I, – I can't play against them, especially with all the, uh, the injuries that the Dolphins have on defense. Uh, the thing – Mahomes this year, most career interceptions, lowest QBR, lowest quarterback rating, career low, average yards, pass attempt, career low, average yards, completion. Uh, The Kansas City offense, considering his brilliance, Andy Reid's brilliance, something is wrong. And everything you've watched all season doesn't just change in the playoffs. In fact, it's often magnified. Uh, typically, we'll see if this is the exception. Terrence, they met week nine in Germany. Kansas City's defense smothered Miami. 21-14 win. What are you expecting? Yeah, you mentioned the um, there might be something wrong with the Kansas City offense, but I don't think there's anything wrong with the Kansas City defense. You know, the Kansas City defense has uh, has kind of carried this team the way Patrick Mahomes has in past years. And I think the Kansas City defense is stronger than Miami's, at least right now, especially um, I think in that weather, too, that uh, you'd have to assume that the Dolphins will have a little bit harder time dealing with that zero to negative five degree game time temperature in Kansas City. Uh, we don't really know how either team will necessarily play in that cold, but the Chiefs have proven to win January games before. Um, we haven't seen that from the Dolphins. We, quite frankly, haven't seen the Dolphins play well against or play well enough against uh, good teams throughout the year. Uh, so I think Kansas City will get the better of uh of the dolphins this week miami uh in the cold remember last year's wild card round maybe not this cold but they were in buffalo low 20s windy the dolphins nearly upset the bills they lost by three with flipping skylar thompson playing quarterback just just saying uh moving right along uh, three wild card matchups on sunday we start Steelers at Buffalo. Steelers sneak in. Bills are favored by like, 10. A paltry total, 36 and a half. Like this sucks. JJ Watt already ruled out, Jonathan. I can't, I can't see Pittsburgh beating Buffalo without Watt, but covering, that's a different conversation. 
Yeah, I mean, like, I think the Bills win this football game, but uh, you know, just considering Watt and in any time Mason Rudolph's playing quarterback for the other team, um, I'm fine taking uh, you know, I take Andy Sterling playing quarterback for the Bills. <laughs> um that's not true. Um th- th- but, but I will say it, it, yeah, th- th- take that on, do that on a on on first take. Get Shannon Sharp and Chad Ocho Cinco <laughs> talking about that one. Um you know this is a sneaky situation from a betting standpoint because the bills are, you know, right around minus 10. And if you, and if you look at the over under the suggested, you know, kind of score we're looking at here is like a, you know, 24, 13 ish type of 24, 10 ish looking type of game. And man, it's, it's hard to, 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 to justify giving 10 points in a low scoring game. It's hard to get there. Uh, I would take the Steelers if I was forced to play this game. Um, the other way that I would look at this game is the over-under. I think that there's probably a, something something easier here. To me, I think that the under is an interesting idea. You're underneath the, that 35, obviously. But if you feel like it's going to be a blowout, you're leaning towards the Bills, then I would suggest leaning towards the under that the Bills are going to score and they're going to score early and often. And then they're going to then take control of the game where field goals stop becoming a possibility for the Steelers. They have to start going for it, hoping that they're not getting it with Mason Rudolph, a quarterback. And you kind of coast into the under because the gas pedal comes off late in the game. Um, I couldn't digest the, the minus 10. So my official choice here will be the under 36 and a half. No, I, I like that because since the change in offensive coordinator, uh, this guy doesn't like to, to air it out. He likes to grind. He likes to take the air out of the football, and he likes to wear teams down, just like we saw in that Cowboy game uh, a few weeks back. And uh, so, yeah, the the, the under-intriguing play, looking at these two, Pittsburgh-Buffalo, Terrence, so much focus on quarterbacks, rightfully so. From that perspective, yes, a mismatch. Josh Allen v. Mason Rudolph, uh, what do you think? Yeah, I think the the under could also be a good bet, given – if Josh Allen gives a few, a uh, few turnovers away, which he's obviously been prone to do. And he did last week against Miami as well in the red zone. So uh, that might help your under play as well. Um, I, th- that 10 point is uh, in an NFL game is always something that gives me pause whenever I'm looking at spreads. Um, and really the bills have not done anything to convince me that they will blow anyone out right now. Uh, I think a few weeks back they blew out the Cowboys, but other than that, they've had, close game against the Chargers, the Patriots, who obviously are not very strong teams. Uh, I think this game ends up being closer than most people think. I do think the Bills win. So uh, maybe this is a maybe this is a, a, a teaser kind of opportunity where you would take the Bills minus four instead of minus 10, something along those lines. But I do think they win. The, the 10 points scares me, just as Jonathan said. I don't think anybody wants to face Buffalo, though, in 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 the AFC and uh trending in the right direction, things coming together, more of a balanced offense. Uh, first, they have to get by Pittsburgh. That's the first of three wildcard games on Sunday. Now, Sunday afternoon, Green Bay at Dallas. Cowboys favored by seven and a half. Shootout expected. 50 and a half is the total, Jonathan. I think it would make for a better storyline if the game was in Green Bay, but head coach Mike McCarthy facing his former team does provide an added layer of, of intrigue and like zillions are going to watch. Yeah. It'll, it'll be, a, it'll be a definitely a, a, a watched game with the traditions of those two, uh, those two organizations. But 
I think in all fairness, uh, the, the fact that Mike McCarthy's coaching against his ex-team probably matters for the next three days and maybe the first snap, and then it's just completely out the window. It's not as if a majority of those players on that team were like his players where he can exploit their weaknesses. It's it's different football teams. It's 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 got that emotional idea when you're thinking about it all week, but I think when it comes down to it, the Cowboys are just better. As inconsistent as they've been, Terrence has pointed out over a couple of weeks how much better they are at home. And this is the type of game that they show up for and they 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 take care of business with the home crowd behind them, uh, with the team and the Packers that have kind of limped into this situation with the young and experienced quarterback. Um, not cutting in line on the seven and a half, but I definitely lean towards the side of the Cowboys. And, and like Terrence mentioned earlier, from a teaser standpoint, this is a wonderful tease game where you can get it down to that minus a half a point where you basically get it just to be a pick. Um, If I was going to play this game straight, I never take minus seven and a half. Like if I was going to take this, I would take it down to the seven. I'd buy that point to get it to the seven or even the six and a half. And if you really are confident in a blowout, don't take the seven and a half, go the other way and get some positive juice in in the form of of taking it up to minus nine and a half or whatever it might be um, to, to take advantage of that opinion. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't try to limp in minus 110 on the minus seven and a half. It would be funny if like McCarthy showed up indoor on the sideline with another like Lombardi jacket on as he did in, in, in uh, Green Bay uh, when he was coaching Dallas. Uh, but there is a lot on the line for him. Like when asked about his future in Dallas, Jerry Jones responded, quote, like, we'll see what happens in the playoffs, unquote. Terrence, and then you have the, the yeah, as, as J.K. mentioned, the experience angle. Like, Dallas has it. Green Bay doesn't. Yeah, I think I saw somewhere that the uh, the Packers are the uh, the youngest playoff team in nearly half a century, 48 years, I believe wow. it is. Uh, I didn't realize they were that young. They, they obviously have the youth at quarterback as well with Jordan Love uh, playing, you know, being the starter for the uh, first full year here with the Packers. And you know what? He's impressed, really, coming down the stretch. I think all of us would agree on that. Uh, I, I still think the Cowboys at home, the way Dak Prescott has played, uh, you know, if not for Lamar Jackson, he's probably the MVP winner of the year. Uh, the way C.D. Lamb has played, the way that defense has played. Uh, overall, I think the Cowboys take care of business at home. I couldn't agree more with Jonathan about that seven, seven and a half is kind of scary. Um, maybe wait to see if it comes down to seven uh, to play that. But uh, yeah, the Cowboys, I, I think, are pretty much a cinch to win this game, given the Packers inexperience and the way that the Cowboys play at home. At home, yes. I, the one thing that defense does have a vulnerability. It's a big factor, Green Bay's running game. Aaron Jones has looked awesome since returning from his latest injury. I think he leads the NFL in rushing over the last few weeks. Dallas can be pushed around, as we saw in that Buffalo game a few weeks ago. And also, if uh, Watson plays, I I don't know. I, I smell. I, I'm on the Green Bay side here, and wouldn't be completely shocked if they march into Dallas and pull off an upset. And Jordan Love playing at a very high, high level. Uh, and then Sunday night, Rams Lions in Detroit. Lions favored by three. Another shootout expected. Over under 51 and a half. Jonathan, I don't like. I don't have to ask who you like because I know. And I this goes back a little ways. Who your Super Bowl? pick was or NFC team team to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. Yeah. I just think it's interesting. You know, I mean, I think, I think that they're, they're an interesting team that offers some value that they're trying to get it figured out. They, they, uh, they play well uh, in the trenches up front 
on offense and on defense. Um, it's, it's, it's unfortunate. We'll see what happens with Sam Laporta. Um, but you know, one thing that, that Dan Campbell's done is he's coached toughness and, and, uh, and determination and effort. And, and, and when you have these pros that, uh, that, that go home to their, to their million dollar houses and, and, uh, and, and don't have much worries in terms of finances, it, it's sometimes it's hard to get them up and, and to play and to, to lay it down and lay it down like they have done. I think they're interesting for sure. And I think it's funny. It's it's interesting, you know, like Goff and Stafford. I think they, both teams were kind of over the other one. I think the Lions were kind of over Stafford. I think the the, the Rams were kind of over Goff. And they both left and have both had, you know, I think successes. I think I think I think everyone's happy in the way that that unfolded. And it'll be fun to see how they uh how they play. But um was it the smartest decisions, I think, maybe last week with with the Sam Laporta situation, that injury, but I think it does say a lot about the toughness of the Lions. So I'll, I'll go Lions here. Yeah, I didn't think the risk outweighed the reward in playing starters. Unlikely that Detroit would have too many things had to happen and they wind up paying the price with the injury. Uh, such a great story, as you touched on the ex quarterbacks. But I think a little bit, I think there is a difference there, some nuance. Like Matt Stafford left on better terms from Detroit. Jared Goff, not quite as much, Terrence. And much like Buffalo in the AFC, like, I don't know how excited any team in the NFC should be about facing the Rams right now. Yeah, I think that, you know, both these teams are playing good football right now. There's no doubt about that. Um, I think either team that wins this game has a chance to maybe go on and win the next game as well. I think I would take the three points with the Rams. I, I do think Jonathan's Super Bowl pick is a, is a uh, great explanation on value there with the with the Lions because you look at some of those shorter teams like the 49ers, the Ravens, you're not getting any value there. So I see where he's going with the value of the Lions. And if they win this game, I think they have a great shot to go into Dallas and beat Dallas. And then that puts them in the NFC Championship game, most likely against the 49ers. However, in this game alone, this uh, coming up this Sunday, I think the Rams have the better quarterback situation and I think they have the better defense um, and we've seen with the coaching, uh, with Dan Campbell, some of the situational errors that he's made. Um, I don't know that McVay will make those same errors. So I'm leaning toward the Rams there with the better coach, uh, the better quarterback, arguably, and the better defense. Uh, and I'll take the three points if Vegas will give it to me. Here's, here's what the I can't thing, shake. Oh, go ahead. The other thing I wanted to mention, too, just, just uh, in, in, you know, this is a little bit rabbit holy, but I'll encourage people to look it up. If you like a couple of teams to win the Super Bowl, um, you can also Dutch that that idea where you can play both of them to win the Super Bowl. You just play a little bit more on one or the other. So, for instance, in a situation where if you were, were, were you know, on $100, you're betting $100, um, and you want to bet on the 49ers or the Lions to win the Super Bowl, right, at plus 320 or, or plus 2200, you can bet $85 on the – the, on the 49ers to win the Super Bowl in $15 on the Lions to win the Super Bowl. And if either one of them win, you get the same return back. So you can, you, you can cover more than one scenario and just kind of, you, you lose a little bit of your price, obviously, and you give up some of your price, but you kind of lock yourself into two possible outcomes. And good stuff. And, and like, tell me if I'm wrong, coach, I know we're running a little long, but it's super wild card at weekend. We can spend a few extra moments. Um, I, here's what I can't shake. Remember the Raiders Bucks Super Bowl, and like the Buck defenders knew exactly what Rich Gannon was going to do like before he did it. Why? Because John Gruden, he made Rich Gannon. 
The same could apply. Do you think the same could apply? Sean McVay, I can't imagine Jared Goff is too excited about seeing him on the other sideline. Well, I think if someone's going to take advantage of that matchup, it, it is a Sean McVay. I mean, can we can we have more opposite, uh, you know, quarter? I mean, uh, uh, head coach types, right? Sean McVay, this very cerebral. You know, I remember that HBO uh, interview where he's recalling the exact scenario of that plays from a, th- a third and eight from six six you know six years ago. Um, so I think that he can probably can probably take advantage of that more than, than, than someone like a Dan Campbell who probably, you know, barely remembers what he had for breakfast yesterday, you know? Um, but I bet it was hardy. So I, I just, I, I, I think that you do have a point there and, and it, what it comes down to is like just tendencies, right. Where, um, you know, things where like, if, uh, you know, Jared Goff, uh, in the gun, if he offsets his right foot, maybe it's quick game and he is getting the ball out of his hand quickly or, um, there's little things like that that you can find tendencies. And, and I would, I would predict that maybe, uh, Sean McVay would be the one to be able to pick up on those. Dan Campbell is not having like yogurt and fruit for breakfast. <laughs> nah, he's a hat. He's a hash Brown and hash Brown and bacon, man. That, that no, no, no. He's sweet memes, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, take care of you for the day. Finally, uh, I, I really like this last year, actually. Monday Night Football wildcard game of Philly at Tampa. Bucks three-point home dogs. 43 and a half is the total, Jonathan. You've been anti-Philly, and you've been, like, dead-on balls accurate, my cousin Vinny reference. Uh, I don't expect you're going to pivot anytime soon. No, I mean, I, this is a situation where I, I, I would probably be a no play for me. Um, in terms of the fact that like, I have this opinion about the Eagles, but I also like am fence sitting a little bit that they could jump up and, and perform at a high level. I'm not a, I'm not a huge Baker Mayfield guy. It has nothing to do with the fact that he went to Oklahoma. Um, um, but it's more of the idea that I, I, I respect what he was able to do with the Bucks while Jameis Winston was unable to do it with the Bucks. Seamus Winston, what a what a what a trash can uh, disaster that guy is. Um, but I I just I I this is a no play for me just because I don't know who's going to show up and who's going to play well. Um, I would more use this as an information gatherer for next week. I would watch this game intently uh, to try to figure out how I can take advantage of the winner coming out of it. The other thing to do in this day and age that I forget about is the ability to play games in game. You don't have to make a decision. Watch the first drive and let the Eagles, uh, you know, let the Eagles have an unfortunate fumble driving while they went up and down on the field and then the Bucks go down and score. They're up seven to zero. Now you can take advantage of the fact that the, the price or the line might be a little bit more in your favor for the Eagles to then play well. So a lot of times with games like this, I'll wait and just kind of let the let the game unfold and then try to get involved live. You've heard the phrase like, yeah, that guy could screw up a cup of coffee. Jameis is like the only one who could screw up like hey, victory formation, man. And it still it still becomes an issue. Uh, yeah, Philadelphia has all kinds of problems in every conceivable way at the worst time. Defense, a sieve, run and pass. Offense is stale. Uh, the longer a move from Shane Steichen, the more he is missed. Locker room issues reportedly. And now the injuries, Jalen Hurts, finger-throwing hand, A.J. Brown's knee, Devontae Smith didn't play last week, neither did DeAndre Swift. 
Terrence. So, like, if your preseason darling, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, are going to beat the Eagles, who are much more talented, maybe now's the time. Yeah, I think I'm going to ride with the Buccaneers one more game. Uh, I don't think they're a Super Bowl contender. I don't even think they're an NFC contender. Um, but I will ride with them one more game, mostly because of what the Eagles have looked like recently. They, they've just looked bad. You know, they've they've allowed 29 points in their last three games versus the Giants, the Cardinals, and then the Giants again. Uh, Tampa Bay is not a high-flying offense, but they do have some weapons in Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Um, Rashad White's had a great season at running back. Uh, Baker Mayfield, if he is healthy, is is capable. Um, I do think both quarterbacks, if you've watched the past couple of weeks, both these quarterbacks might be kind of beat up a little bit, of course, you know, after 17 games in the NFL, uh, like G said earlier, who isn't, but I'll ride with the Bucks one more time. And I, it's because of what the Eagles have looked like recently and kind of, a, a I guess being a little stubborn, liking them to win the AFC South. I'll just, I'll just, or NFC South, excuse me. I'll take them one more game and, uh, hope they beat the uh, Eagles. And again, just like the Rams lions, I'll take that three points. Uh, even if it's not money line, I'll take that three points. I do think this game could go over 43 and a half. That seems low to me. I don't know, Jonathan, if you have an opinion on that at all, but 43 and a half seems low. Uh, but if you look at the weather in Tampa on Monday, it looks like there might be some rain. So it's one of those, I guess I would wait and see what the, uh, what the forecast looks like on Monday. Yeah. The Bucks. Yeah, really. go ahead, JK. Yeah, I'd not really. I mean, it just it's it's a little bit of the Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde thing, right? If if uh, if Jalen Hurts shows up and they're moving the football and they're getting themselves in third and manageable or in, in their uh, in their offense, fourth and manageable, then, you know, I, I think that there's a, a possibility for it to go to go uh, to go over, especially with the way the defense have been playing. But if they're out there, you know, going three and out, punting, the defense happens to show up. It could be a game where it's thirteen to ten late, and you're just you're frustrated that uh, you took the over. So it, it, that would also be one T that I would just kind of wait. If if it's Monday Night Football and it's the playoffs and people like to be involved, um, and and but if you can wait fifteen minutes, you can you can still find some pretty good opportunities. Tampa's last two games laid an egg at home with everything on the line. New Orleans and quite frankly, Carolina could have beat them last week. Tampa didn't score as a bunch of field goals. Carolina fumbled at the one millimeter line. They had another long touchdown run called back on a procedure, missed a field goal. Um, they're not entering the playoffs, the Bucs, with a ton of momentum either. G, but like what I'm looking forward to most is what happens pregame, like specifically the national anthem or what's supposed to be the national anthem. Honestly, I am here for the Buccaneers playing rap during the flyover. <laughs> flyover is kind of badass. Like, why are we playing the national anthem, which is just boring and stupid during a flyover? Let's play some ratchet rap. Let's get the flyover done, and then we'll cruise into the national anthem. I'm here for it. That was nuts. Tell me that wasn't the ultimate, like, you had one job. Literally, you, had, you, you had you had to one press one job. button. And it, it wasn't even, it was like, it was like, it wasn't even just like, uh, it wasn't like it was the black eyed peas version of rap, right? It was like something like something you might see in a, in a dark room with neon lights and you know, you know what I'm saying? It was, uh, it was pretty, uh, it was pretty, it was pretty, uh, ratchet. Like there was no, you, you could sense the absolute panic. You and and if you guys, if you guys ever seen on, I think it's NFL network, they do a thing where they follow the game day preparations for these teams, but not the teams as far as the players, more like the, uh, the field staff, the stadium crew, like all the oh, game God. day preparations. There's one that is actually from last season and it's the Tampa Bay bucks. And it's this, 
amazing woman who puts on a great show, all the timing to the flyover, it's down to the second she nails it and she does an amazing job. When G sent that Instagram over of the national anthem, my first thought was what that woman's reaction was when she timed all this out perfectly and somebody played rap music instead of the national anthem. <laughs> somebody from that staff is, is, is no longer part of that staff. So a quick run through uh, the, the super wild card week and I'll get started on Saturday. Before we wind things down, uh, guys, want to get your thoughts on the national championship game Monday night, Jonathan, with Michigan, uh, proving to be just uh, too much for Washington uh, in Houston. Yeah, they were just they they were just better than Washington. We had talked about it. I think Washington uh, was pretty fortunate, and that, and that's not coming from a Texas fan. I, I think they were fortunate to be where they were through some situations, escaping Oregon State, uh, you know, overcoming a double digit dog against Oregon. And then and then being able to hold Texas off after uh, that battle as well. So uh, Michigan was just better. I thought they had better players in the secondary. They they made a lot more plays than than Texas made the week before in defending the pass. They they kind of got after Penix a little bit, and and he was pretty banged up throughout a majority of the game. So um, yeah, I mean it was uh, it was it was a uh, it was a fun. Game. I would have enjoyed it a little bit more, uh, you know, if something different would have happened, but. Uh, they uh, they deserve a champion. You like that when when the when a season's over and someone cuts down the nets or hoists the trophy and the confetti. You just want to feel good about that they're a good team. And then I felt good like Michigan was. You want to hear the most hypocritical thing ever? Because on this podcast, I was like banging the death. Like Georgia doesn't belong because they lost. You can't lose a equivalent to a playoff game. And advance. That's not the way it works. And in the fourth quarter of the game, I'm like, you know, I really would have liked to have seen Georgia, Michigan. So <laughs> hypocritical, so hypocritical. But that's what I was thinking. Gee, how was the halftime show? Oh my God. Why don't they have like entertainment? Like, what we're, we're all just going to sit there and talk about what we saw in the first half? Like, we're watching it. Why is there no entertainment during the halftime of the college football championship? My entertainment was watching my husband and my bonus child play UFC on Xbox. Like, what are we doing? The next day, I swear to God, Jonathan was like, I feel like you're a little bit upset that the like I'm playing video games again. I was like, yeah, you're an adult. <laughs> it's time to grow up, Jonathan. You know, you know what I told her, though? I said, you stop. put childish things away. I've told you. You stop watching. Uh, I, I told her if she stops watching Bravo, then I'll stop playing video games. But both of them are mindless <laughs> that's, that's activities. A- that's a fair trade-off. That Bravo's is a fair trade-off. for adults. I, I do like that. What's the show about uh, when they're on the cruise? The staff that works on the cruise below under uh, that—that that, that's like that is entertaining. And it's Jonathan like, likes that one too. Crack, don't let him pull crack, you. Crack no, I don't. I like spending time with my wife, and sometimes that's what I have. To He'll do. be working at the table, and I'll be like watching TV or something, and he's like, "Wait, what's going on?" I was like, "Oh, so you don't want to watch it?" Yeah. He does. He does say "Happy wife, happy life" often. Gee, I will. I will remind <laughs> you, know you of what that. I'm saying? Uh, uh, Terrence, quickly, your 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 thoughts of the of the natty? Uh, not much there, other than what Jonathan said. Uh, you know, deserved a winner with Michigan. I was wrong liking Washington in the points last week. I tried to get cute. Uh, my logic was thinking Washington might be a little explosive, score uh, score a touchdown or two in the first half, get ahead on Michigan, and. Uh, apparently the most explosive play in football is just running off tackle for Michigan. Uh, so I was completely wrong there. Very straightforward. Best team in the country. One end of story. 
And, and it's, finally, it's, it's funny too, Lafitte. It's funny too that, uh, you know, I had mentioned like I had Chris Felique on and, and I mentioned what his, his three plays were. He had talked about Michigan in the second half, which, which covered, he talked about Michigan overall, which covered, and he talked about, uh, no defensive touchdowns or special teams touchdowns, but I don't know if you guys remember, he threw that interception late and I thought that that kid was going to go score and I was holding yeah, my yeah, breath yeah. and I, I texted Felica. He said, my heart stopped. I stopped breathing for a second. I thought the guy was going to go score and, and ruin that one. So uh, his, uh, his insights were, were helpful. Listen to the call. Chris Fowler thought he was going to score. A thousand percent Fowler was expecting him to score. Uh, last thought, uh, Jim Harbaugh finally gets there, finally wins the big one, the championship. What is next for Jim Harbaugh? You know, it's funny, like, you know, I think that he he probably appreciates the success he's had. He's been in the NFL to have some success there as well. You know, I, I would normally say that he'll stick around. What's the point? Why would he, why would he leave? He's got, he's at a premier university that's going to be good as long as he's there and as long as they want to be good. But I think with the new NIL stuff, the transfer portal, college sports for a coach aren't nearly as fun as they used to be. Why not just go to the NFL and deal with salary caps and, and have time off. You don't have to deal with recruiting and parents and all of that ridiculousness. And you can also have free agency. And, and I maybe it is something that he'll look into just because of the landscape, the changing landscape of college sports. And Terrence, it's not like you have to deal with Nick Saban anymore. Yeah, I, I just feel like, aren't there some, uh, some pending suspensions for him next year? And I know he was suspended for part of this year, so it's not something he's, he's unfamiliar with. But if he has, if he's suspended for part of next season, uh, he's got to deal with a, a harder Big Ten conference coming in with uh, those Pac-12 teams moving in, the NIL, the transfer portal. Is it is coaching in college becoming more of a headache than coaching in the NFL? Yeah, that's why Pete Carroll got out of USC. He knew what was coming down. Thanks a lot, Reggie Bush. Thanks so much for joining us. For Jonathan G. Terrence, I'm Lafitte Pinkai. Enjoy Super Wild Card Weekend, and thanks for joining us on the show. See you next time.